Bible reveals that a time came in Israel when there was no law, when there was no teaching priest, when law is not expounded to the people of God, then the ways of God will not be discerned. The young will look upon the ancient and curse him. Darkness will have an advantage in the territory. God calls upon the sons of light to set forth in order the perspective of God. The enemy is terrified at the things that are bound to find expression. And because of that, he has sent ahead of him men that are in custody proclaimers of lying vanities so that he can attack the fabric of our faith. But we return with insight and revelation to embrace the original burden upon the heart of God. It's a meeting of recovery dedicated towards searching out the accurate perspective of God. And as we proceed today, I want to leave you with a prayer point. Wash my eyes with eyes have that I might see. I'd like you to pray tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We need the Lord himself to carry out an optical surgery. An optical surgery. Our eyes will have to be washed tonight. God will have to help us with our sight and with our vision. Wash my eyes. of God. Everyone must have a touch that is original. Something that they can call their own. God must wash our eyes. You need to see for yourself. Jesus told that man, what seest thou? And he said, I see men like trees. He says, it's not good enough. You must see for yourself. For many years we have heard stories that preachers preached, stories that men told. Now you need to see for yourself. God must have to wash us and cleanse our eyes with eyes. You have to see for yourself tonight.
of several things that are taking place at this strategic moment. God has chosen this land to be one of the springboards upon which his presence will come and be incubated. You must understand that the revival in the book of Acts of the Apostles was an outpouring of the Spirit. Alright? That was the deposit that left heaven and came into the earth. But as they captured that revival and incubated that revival, that revival began to bring revelation, insight. Then they formulated the apostles' doctrine. But it started first of all by what? An outpouring. When it was managed and incubated to a point, it gave birth to a series of teachings, a series of instructions. It, 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 it gave birth to a culture. Hallelujah. Just one outpouring. They managed it to a level. It began to produce signs. Began to produce wonders. Even the economies of those territories. Where those moves came. If it's cultured enough, it will affect the economy. God cannot bless a land beyond a marking and outpouring. But when an outpouring comes, it is incumbent upon people that are followers of Jesus Christ to manage that outpouring. You know, when Jesus was born and his birth was managed, wise men came with gold, with frankincense, with men. You see, revival and economics go hand in hand. If God cleanses the land, then the land can now function to its potential as designated by God. There are several bondages in your family tied to visitations. And it will take men that understand how to penetrate into the heaven to bring the dimensions of heaven into the earth for some circles to break. You cannot solve it because somebody learns psychology. These things are deep in the spirit and you need to understand that if we are going to receive an outpouring of God and manage it enough for it to come to a point where it reshapes our culture and releases to us the things that God has promised at all time then what we have as Christianity within this territory, we have to change. And the change begins with you. Hallelujah. Now, can you pray to me and say, God, enlarge me. Enlarge me. Reveal unto me your great wisdom. That wisdom that you revealed to men that found favor with you in times of old. We come upon you today. We come upon you today. We call upon you today. We call upon you.
There is no vacuum in the spirit. If God wants to enter into your family and the portal is open and God is resistant from entering, something else will enter. A new civilization will be generated. A new course of action. A new trend will be created. Because people were not diligent enough to welcome the visitation of God. Father, we call upon you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You may be seated. We want to do some Bible study for a few minutes as we contemplate the counsel of God. The devil has terrible plans for us as a people under God. And just like I said when the conference began, many of us think that the devil is a worldly guy that has dreadlocks. You see, the devil is very churchy. He was called a guardian angel. His designation among the community of angels was the highest that the Bible revealed. He was the angel that functioned closest to the throne of God. He was that entity, that spirit, that walked to and fro and up and down within the coals of fire. Only him had that description among the cherubs of glory. He was called the anointed cherub because of the privilege of having to function by the anointing of God, he was able to peep into the secrets of God. So he knows the dimensions of heaven. He knows the measures of the throne. And he can counterfeit everything that God is doing. He can counterfeit prophecy. He can counterfeit revival. In fact, the time of revivals are the time of greatest deceptions because the devil is also producing and manufacturing resources in order for him to counterfeit that which God is doing. And so a higher level of discernment must be developed in the body of Christ because in the day where we war for truth, discernment is the greatest weapon. And so the reason for this weekend teaching is to look at the scriptures and to find out what exactly did God say. So many things are wandering around in the body of Christ right now. I think Lagos is a temple where all those things are manufactured. Like in Lagos, Sorry, let me, let's go to scripture. Let's not talk about labels. First John, chapter 4. I welcome you with the name of the Lord. If you turn your Bible to First John, chapter 4. I want to begin to read from verse 1. Some critical issues that we want to put on the surface. And to look into it diligently. And find a balance of the perspective of God. In 1 John chapter 4, we are introduced to the corridors of discernment by the great apostolic prophet John the Beloved. He said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
Now, in a time where there was an invasion of false prophets in a particular generation, John recommends that we must have the capacity to try every spirit. Somebody goes to sleep and wakes up with a memo. A memo of how the corridors of Hades looks like. And the people he saw in hell when he visited. Meanwhile, when Lazarus rose from the grave as Jesus resurrected him, he did not make a CD to advertise the corridor that he walked in. Meanwhile, hallelujah. Meanwhile, as we saw in Bible study yesterday, every man that dies in Christ sleeps. He is moved into paradise and his existence is reduced to sleep. He, he sustains a mode of life that can be best explained by the experience of sleep in this day. Now, yesterday I asked people, did you sleep yesterday afternoon? The sun was high and we found some hands of people that slept. And I said, did you dream? Some say, well, we dreamt. Do you remember what you dreamt? Well, not really, uh, but you know that you slept. Yes, I know. Uh, how many hours did you spend? Did you sleep and in your sleep you knew, okay, this is one hour, two hours, three hours. You didn't know because you lost all sense of time. In the realm of sleep, time is not a factor. Time cannot be captured. That's the experience that happens to paradise, in paradise. Hallelujah. And nobody goes to heaven until you have gone beneath. It is after resurrection that we go to heaven. Are you with me? We saw all of that in the Bible yesterday. Now, so how can you tell me that a man that slept, he slept and where he went to when he slept, he knew it perfectly well, and then he woke up, he can tell you what happened when he slept. Is it possible? Oh, you are not with me. Even... When you sleep, all right, and your husband wakes you in the morning to go to work, can you tell the condition, the state you were? Were you intelligent in that realm that you found yourself in the dream? Maybe you carried machine gun. All right? And you were active. The people you shot, do you know them? But you know that some people came and then you shot them with your machine gun. And then you now woke up. You were saying something. I saw images. I saw people. There was a battle. Somehow I didn't know the people shot, but I shot. And I don't remember again. That's, you wake up with gaps. So a man that sleeps and he rises from his sleep cannot come out with a textbook. And just in case somebody gave you a textbook of a man that slept and rose, the man lied. Are you with me? Meanwhile, in the body of Christ today, people have formulated their Christian lives based on revelations that came from people that claim to have died. We saw it yesterday that they have Moses and the prophets. God doesn't need to evangelize with someone that he has raised from the dead. Just in case somebody says he has a message from God to the world. That he contacted from the land of the dead. He speaks for Satan. Because no such occupation exists in the kingdom of God. Paul said that I was captured into paradise. And when I got to paradise, I heard unspeakable things which was unlawful for any man to utter. Nobody is giving permission to utter the things 
that exists and functions in paradise. No man. It's unlawful. So if your current philosophy of Christianity has come from the land of the dead, where a man ferried into and came back with a textbook, that man did not speak for God. I know there's no hallelujah today. But John said we should test our spirits. Mm. Hey. Ah. You see, I studied as a chemist. When we come into the laboratory, we don't speak in tongues. Because the kind of investigation we want to conduct has inferences. Inferences that can be discernible through color, through effervescence, through, 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 through smell. These things are practicable. These things, are, are, you have results that are tangible. And so if John is saying that because false prophets have gone into the world, our discernment and capacity to test spiritual things must be heightened. Then we need to consult him for further information as to how he expects us to run this test. Since we will not be using test tubes this time. Hallelujah. Now let's go on in the teaching. He said in verse 3, verse 2, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. We are going far today. Hallelujah. Far. Now, for those of you that just came, we have had two sessions. Yesterday night, we had about two hours. Today morning, you need to hear it so that you can be inoculated from the current virus that is pervading the body of Christ in this time. Sponsored by the devil himself, we have been able to trace that every item of those revelations are far away from the truth that is captured in the word of God. We have tested the spirits of those prophets that prophesied, and we have found out that they prophesied under the influence of any other thing except the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You see, the time has come for us to actually understand the import of our faith, Christianity. And so, John recommends that we should test our spirits, and he gives us an indicator that every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus has come in the flesh is the spirit of the Antichrist. You get that? Or oh, you didn't get that? Mm. I said, did you get that? Now, my question is this, why is it that the Antichrist or the devil will want to hide the incarnation? Why would the devil want to hide John chapter 1 verse 14? That is my, my treatise this evening. John chapter 1 verse 14, why would the devil want to hide it? Because every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh, is the spirit of the Antichrist. And he even gave us understanding that that spirit of the Antichrist is already at work now. In the book of John chapter 1, I would like us to say, why does the devil feel threatened by John chapter 1 verse 14? And the world was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory 
The glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So that's my question. Why is it that the devil will want to hide the scripture? Why is it that he will want to render the scripture to be false? Because the crux of the matter is this. That the spirit of the Antichrist does not acknowledge the incarnation. The spirit of deception does not want men to know that Jesus came in the flesh. Now, so we need to understand the import of the coming of Jesus in the flesh. And why the devil will prefer that that reality is kept hidden. Are you with me now? Are you with me on the same page? The purpose is of God. That's why I like God. You see, God did not begin to exist. God is existence himself. And because God is existence himself, there are several secrets that God had factored within himself even before creation began. There were several resolutions that were already passed in the council of the Godhead even before any entity was created. Those resolutions that were passed are mysteries. They are hidden away. Are you with me? The reason why God hid those resolutions away is so that by no means will it be possible for his purposes to be thwarted even under the worst circumstances. Because there are some integers and some factors that are at work which are still mysteries. And he kept those things concealed so that he will reveal them at a strategic point that will advance the course of his agenda. Now, one of those things that was kept hidden in the belly of God, which became revealed uh, somewhere along the line, was the fact that God knew to me. Good. But nobody knew. It was yet a mystery that man was going to fail. Some, some people might ask, okay, God knew man was going to fail. Why did he put the tree of knowledge and good, of good and evil to tempt him? So if God tempted man, why is he blaming man for failure? Hallelujah. You don't understand. You have a will. Are you, are you with me? God is not God's intention to have zombies. That's why he gave you a will. The will gives you the power of choice. And it happens to be that angels were tested. And when angels were tested, Lucifer and his quadrant of angels failed the test. They applied their will against the will of God. And that was where iniquity was born. So God tested angels. And angels were beings that were created with a will of their own. A will that was sovereign. Because of that responsibility of managing the will that was sovereign, God tested them. One third of angels failed. And they became demons. Hallelujah. The second being that God created to checkmate the angels that fell was man. And he gave him the privilege of the will too. And in order for him to succeed in his mission, he created him and advanced him in authority above angels. You got that? But you see, for you to have a will means that you must be tested. That's the law. And so God had to put two trees and cancelled him. If you eat this one, you die. This one is a tree of life. You can eat every tree, including this one. But don't eat this one. So he will have to exercise his will. When Satan came to tempt man, God did not rush to stop Satan. Because he has already finished his own instruction. 
Man will have to choose what he wants. And his line of development was going to be in the light of the decision that he reaches on that account. If he had chosen the tree of life, he, would have not, he won't have developed in the flesh. He would have developed in the spirit. And all of his development will be a function of his spiritual development. But he decided to choose to develop in the flesh. By choosing to develop in the flesh, he decided to be independent of God. But if he had chosen to develop in the spirit, he would have been dependent on God. So the same test that angels were subjected to, man had to be subjected to because man was given away. You get that? That's the law. That's how it functions. Now, man fell. Okay. When man fell, God began to reveal his mystery and wisdom through the eyes of three prophecies. Through the eyes of three prophetic statements. It's on the strength of these three prophetic statements that we can decipher the implication of the incarnation. If you are still with me, say Amen. Amen. Now, don't miss it. It is still those prophecies that those women gave that I'm still talking about. Huh? I'm still on it. This weekend is dedicated to finding the source of those prophecies. One woman in Enugu, the pastor that came from Enugu said that she had been duplicating those prophecies so that there will be enough for circulation. We are trying to find out where did, they, where did those words come from. Because John said we should test all spirits. Test it. Conduct what? A test. Hallelujah. The first scripture we need to see is in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Turn your Bible with me quickly. We have some prayers to pray today and I want us to be fast. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the purposes of God beginning to unveil. And the wisdom of God that was in store to combat what the devil had done to the human race. Genesis 3 verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Ah, it may, it may be difficult for you to understand. Let's go to um, 14. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust thou shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it will bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is a prophecy. The secrets that God had kept in store in the archives of himself. He began to reveal them through dark speeches. Through deep, deep statements, deep utterances. See, God can talk, alright? He can talk. It might take 2,000 years before we know the meaning. Because when he speaks, communication for him is not 
is not exactly what we call communication the natural. Now, imagine you were in, you were in Eden and God said, I will put enmity between you and the seed of the woman. First thing is that the woman does not have seed. Biologically. The seed of the woman will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Now, if you were there in the Garden of Eden, it, it would just be one useless statement. But you see, the purpose of God, the secrets that God had kept in store was being revealed in those utterances that were being proclaimed. First thing we can glean from that utterance from God is that there's a personality that will satisfy the description of the seed of the woman that will be made manifest. Is that true? Hallelujah. We are talking about the incarnation. Why is it? How did Jesus come? Why did he come in the flesh? What is the significance of his coming in the flesh? Why is it that the devil will feel better if he can hide the fact that Jesus came in the flesh? Are you here? So that is the first scripture that revealed that a personality was going to come in the flesh. He was going to satisfy what that utterance called the seed of the woman. That statement in itself is a mystery. Because women don't have seed. So if we are talking about the seed of the woman here, it has defied biology. It's not consistent with biology. And so if you were in the Garden of Eden, where that statement was uttered, and maybe you studied biology in Uniagric, you will be in the dark. It means that communication did not hit you. Maybe it will be your great-grandchild that taps into revelation, that will begin to decipher that utterance. So the fact that you heard it with the hearing of the ear does not give you access to the, to the substance of his communication. Do you understand that? But we understand from that utterance that there was a seed that was going to come from the woman that was going to bruise the head of the serpent. Is that true? Now, you see, the devil will never want you to see his defeat. Because his ministry of deception can thrive effectively when we do not understand that he has been defeated. And everything that will reveal his defeat, he is willing to conceal so that we can still be slave riders and slaves under his band. That's what he wants to do. But you see, that was a statement of liberation. And God was prophesying. And saying that it shall come to pass that a woman will give seed. And that's not consistent with all forms of logical learning. Hallelujah. Now let's see the implication what God achieved by this prophecy. Because you must understand that. Are you with me? You see, that was an utterance. That I will put enmity between thy seed and the seed of the woman. But you must understand that before that utterance came, there was a council in heaven. The utterance was in keeping with what? A council. When the utterance was given, the power to begin to implement that council came into the earth. That's the reason for the utterance. If not, God would have kept his secret and he, was, he would have still performed it. The reason for utterance is so that the power that can fulfill council can start working. That was why God had to speak. And that's the way God operates. He oppressed by the spirit of faith. And that which he wants to do, he has to give utterance to it so that this power in the heavens that was intended to fulfill it can now begin to walk. Hallelujah. 
Sometimes when you are praying and God releases a scripture, it's not so that you just speak in tongues. Make sure you say it so that the power to implement the wisdom that is captured in that scripture can begin to find expression and begin to walk. People that need to die so that that scripture can come to pass, that utterance goes to work and it facilitates their death. People that need to be born in order for that utterance to come to work, that utterance, the power in it goes to work and even if it's not time, there are six months in the womb. Something, you don't understand. God must talk. Hallelujah. And when God spoke, something began to walk in the earth. A power that could not be resisted. It was shrouded because the utterance that it revealed was an utterance that was still a mystery. How will the woman have seen? But when we follow the line, and follow it diligently, the line takes us to the book of Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1, there are a few things you will see there. If you are still with me, say, Amen. Amen. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35. No, let's see. 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall these things be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, This is the spiritual process that will produce my counsel. There is a power already at work. And that power was released to work from the time that God gave the utterance. That power has been moving through the earth. Even when your grandfather was born, the power kept him from dying before he gave birth to the next progenitor in the line. That power has been working. That power has been working. It was working. Oh my, brooding upon the face of the earth. Seeking to fulfill a counsel. And then when you came in your generation, that power walked around. Because Jesus said she was not the only virgin. That means the power went around the virgins of the territory. Her name was not captured in that prophecy. He didn't say the seed of Mary. He said the seed of what? Any woman could enter that qualified, uh, uh, that, that satisfied the demands of divine justice, could enter into that prophecy and be its fulfillment. That power kept moving. That power kept moving. You see, the Bible said that the word of God, when it is spoken, it does not return unto him void. It has the ability to prosper. It can wait. It can wait. It can wait for three generations. It can wait for 13 generations. It can wait for 14 generations. And the power is still revived, still rejuvenated. It, oh my God, that power. That was the power that came to work. And the angel told her, a power has been walking around. But it shall come to pass that the power of God will come upon you. It shall come to pass that the Spirit of the Lord Now, no theologian can take it beyond that point. Oh, Lord, a power. Jesus, a power. It doesn't matter what is holding you down. It doesn't matter what the devil has ordained and he has crafted it. He has sealed it in a particular kind of mystery. When God utters his word, a power begins to travel. 
proclaims the deliverance of your family can be lingering for four generations. And they are still idol worshippers, mingling in darkness, entering into covenants in darkness, proclaiming the name of iniquity, proclaiming the name of rebellion and disobedience. And suddenly, suddenly, by the working of that power, uh, somebody goes somewhere and so- And then they say it's an evangelist. The power that hit him did not come the day he hit him. He has been walking around. There's a power that has been released from heaven. To garnish and to, to recreate this state called Benway. That power has been working. That power has been working. From one bad government to another bad government. From one bad season to another bad season. Bridges broke. Roads collapsed. That power was still it will not stop working. The Bible says it will not return void. You know what? When man fell, the devil rejoiced, but he knew something. That the God that spoke, that created, he can speak again. Tell your neighbor, God can speak again. I don't know what the devil has done around your life, the things he has created, people he has killed, but tell your neighbor, God can speak again. If God wants to begin anything, it begins by then the resources begin to work. They begin to manipulate things according to God's counsel. So the angels told her, there's a power that's been working. And it shall come to pass that that power will come upon you. It shall come to pass that the spirit behind that power will overshadow you. And mysteriously there's going to be conception. This conception is not going to be a function of the will of man. It's going to be a function of God. And so that holy thing that shall be conceived in you, it shall be called the Son of God. It shall be called the projection of God. Even when the prophecy was coming to pass, the devil did not know because the utterance was a mystery. Who told you that Satan is that wise? Uh, The devil is not that wise. He doesn't know everything that goes on down the sun. Especially if that power is at work. The Bible said that when the children of Israel were coming out of the land of Egypt, that there was a flame of fire. There was a cloud of smoke. That cloud of smoke came in the daytime. The flame burned in the nighttime. And the devil could not peep into the cloud. He was blinded. It's not everything the devil knows. That which the word of God and the voice of God protects in your life, the devil cannot know it. That's why he could not kill you when you were five years old. He could not kill you when you were seven years old. He could not kill you when you were twelve years old. It was a power that was at work. And that power hid your reality from Satan. The spirit of the Lord shall come upon you. And the power of the highest. I believe some power will come down tonight. And it will come upon you. It will break that yoke you have been carrying. It will tear that bondage that has held you down. It's a power from God. It's a power by the Spirit of God. It's a power that carries the energy of God. And He said that the power of the highest shall come upon you. In the Spirit of God, it shall overshadow you. Somebody say hallelujah. It's a power. It's a power. And when that power came upon that lady, somehow she conceived. Hallelujah. She kept it secret for a while, but 
But the one that released the power did not intend that it would be secret. And so it came public. Even when her what they call, maternity gown was still conciliated, she entered somewhere and the energy coming from the womb uh, affected another womb. And John the Baptist in the womb that day was filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that, yes, that was the day John was filled. Oh, he was still the baptizer in the Holy Ghost even when he was in the womb. He didn't need to come out to assume his function. Because there was a power that put it there. And that power was still brooding. Oh my God. Power. So proclaimed the mightiness of God. Her tongue was loose. She prophesied for the first time. Maybe after that day she never prophesied again. But it was in the environment of one power that utterance was granted. All these things were happening. It was news in heaven, but the devil didn't know about it. Didn't know about it. Meanwhile, God was putting up a legal condition that favored us. Hallelujah. You see, the reason why he had to be the seed of the woman was because everyone that will be born of Adam will be a partaker of his sin. Because Adam defiled himself before any man came from him. And so he had corrupted the seed of man. And every man that would have come from him would have been corrupted. And so God excluded man from the equation. He became the seed of the woman and the Holy Ghost that gave birth to this holy thing. Do you get it now? So that the reproach that was upon man would not be upon this man. And that was why he was called the second Adam. He came to raise a new race. And then Paul, looking critically, knowing that nobody, no man of stature, can ever come to fulfill such a destiny again, Paul reversed the revelation and called him the last Adam. From the second Adam to what? No one is coming again. Don't expect deliverance from anywhere else. This one is not just the second Adam, is what? So God had to bypass the race of man. So that through Jesus Christ, a new race will be born. But all these things, calculations were going on. These were the things conceived in that mystery that God conceived in himself before the foundation of the world. That was playing out. Who told you that the, that the purpose of your life is not protected by power? Who told you? Who told you? Hallelujah. Those days when we wandered, I fasted until my stomach hit my back. I was like an ace victim, moving around as if death was about to call my name the next second. But there was something that protected the destiny. It says, such as you was not ordained to die. There's a power that will keep you. There's a power that will sustain you. The person by your left can die by accident. The other one can get lost in the market. But there's a power that keeps you. It's a power. Because you were not a product of accident. You came out as a mystery that was forged out of an utterance of God. And there's a power that will protect such until the time of their full manifestation. I don't know about what people say about Benway State is a land laden with darkness. Occultism is on the high rise. People never walk into power until the court covenants in darkness. I tell you something. There's a power, a power. A power, a power that is visiting the land. Everything, oh my God, you don't want a power. A power. 
power. And all these great things taking place, women's tongue being loose, they prophesied, the devil didn't know. Someone came under the influence of the electrifying power of God and conceived seed, Satan didn't know. Mama, mama, mama. The seed inside of her leaped and released some, some power and somebody else was baptized in the womb, Satan didn't know. The father of John the Baptist was held up in dumbness on the day of his naming ceremony. Somehow his utterance was restored. That same power. That Satan didn't know. The Bible says it was noise abroad. When John the Baptist was named. And the tongue of the father loose. The news went about. Everybody began to say. What manner of child is this? Satan didn't know. The Bible says he left home. And went into the wilderness. Until the day of his showing forth. Satan didn't know. Uh, you overrated the devil. <laughs> Friends, there's a power. There's a power. A young lad left home at the age of six and was in the wilderness until the age of 24, prophesying. He only ate pure food, wild locusts and honey. Satan didn't know that there was a power. I don't know where Satan was. But he was not in Makodi. He was not in Goku. He was not in Otoko. I don't know where he was, but there was a power. There was a power. There was a power. A power from heaven. A power at work. A power. was born an angel had to come with the name his name shall be called Jesus because he shall deliver his people from their sins Satan didn't know people were being named children named by angels named by dumb men Satan didn't know why there was a that power will come upon you tonight. Yeah. Na, 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 na. One lady came here and we prayed with her. And for one week, 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, she feels one power. Jesus. Something began to renovate her reality. To purge her vessel. I believe in power. I believe in power. Satan didn't know. So many things taking place, Satan didn't know. Until Jesus Christ left, came for baptism. 30 years of age, Satan didn't know. Meanwhile, John the Baptist had been baptizing people there. But John the Baptist received an ordinance in the wilderness before he started conducting his baptism. That the time will come. And the purpose of this baptism is a strategy to identify him that will baptize with fire. There's only one way you can know him. Pour water upon his head. 
immerse him in the Jordan. And when you do so, the heavens will open. Allah, Satan didn't know. And when Jesus came, he came like every other person. I could imagine that he stayed on cue. But when John heard him, the power that baptized him in the womb began to come again. It means that power did not go. And John said, ah, it is me that needs to be baptized. <laughs> I need your baptism. He said, no, don't say this thing now. Allow it to be like this so that we can fulfill all righteousness. That power was still tangible. And when he missed him and he came out of the water, the Bible said there was prayer on his lips. And while he prayed, the heavens were open. And the Holy Ghost that had been hiding for many generations that day, he came out in public light, fashioned in the form of a dove and alighted upon him. Satan, that was where he knew. Hey! But it was too late. The mystery was matured already. Devil will not see you until the day of your manifestation. Darkness will not know your name until the day of your manifestation. A dove came and rested. And John bore record. He said, Him that sent me to baptize said upon whom the Spirit of God shall descend and remain the same shall be him that will baptize with fire that was the day the devil heard that the baptizer of fire was in the earth <laughs> but there was nothing the devil could do at that time one of those days when John was baptizing he said I indeed Baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes latcheth I'm unworthy to untie. He shall baptize you. Not with water. Not with wood. But with the Holy Ghost. And with fire. In the days of fire, the devil can't do anything anymore. And just in case you don't know that that fire is tangible, you will feel it today. It will burn that child. It will burn everything that God has not planted. The Bible says the baptizer in fire arose from the water side. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Satan booked an appointment with him. Say, ah, this kind of your advertisement, you came in, your appearance was too gallant. Let's meet in the wilderness where there's no CNN, no this day, no Sunday sun. Let's meet in the wilderness. And he appeared. The Bible says he was, Jesus was there with a wild beast. And just like Daniel tamed the lion, Jesus tamed the beast in the wilderness. Ah, Satan came and said, you must be hungry. But he came late. The sun was already walking the wall. The seed of the woman was born. When Satan looked at him, all the infirmities and limitations and bondages that were, 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 were common to man was not found with him. 
For Jesus testified and said that the prince of this world, he cometh and found none of his properties in vain. I'm a new breed, he was saying. I come from a new race, he was saying. I represent a new generation, he was saying. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, turn your Bible. Sorry, we, 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 we glided in the Holy Ghost. We never knew why he walked this world, even though he cast out devils, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, he raised the dead. It was in the book of Matthew, John chapter 12, that we knew why he came. And I tell you, the devil wants to hide the fact that Jesus came. Every step he took meant failure to the enemy. Every word he uttered meant a revelation that revealed the diminished state of darkness. Everything he said in parables was a compendium of truth about the realm of God and how that he was far removed in glory to the realm of darkness. Satan did not want him on ground. There were many times that Pilate would have set Jesus free. But Jesus himself refused so. He will now utter a strange word that will ensure that he must be crucified. Then when he wants to pity him, he said, do you realize that I have the power to kill you? I have the power to set you free. And then Jesus will now, he would have kept quiet. The man was contemplating. He was considering. He said, you have no, you have no power over me except to be given to you from above. Jay! He hurt the man's pride. The man was trying to be, you know, human. His wife warned him and said, don't have anything to do with that man's death. He tried. But when he wanted to resolve that and to progress, he said, no, don't. You don't have power. He forced them to kill him. They wanted to leave. He said, no. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my disciples would have fought for me to be captured. So the man heard that. said, okay, you did not commit treason now. Let's free you. Are you a king? He said, you have said so. We can't reverse it. Ah! Then that was treason again. Hey. The man came and said, okay, bring water. Let's wash it. He was trying to save him. But the great one wanted to die. When you look at Jesus, when he carried the cross, your perspective of him was that he was broken. After the 39 stripes, he was not. Oh, you don't understand. While he had the cross, he proclaimed judgment on that generation. He said, weep not for me. Is that a broken man that you are beaten to the point of surrender? He didn't surrender. He didn't yield. Hey. And you know, a martyr that dies prophesying is more terrible than all the armies of the legions. Because his utterances must haunt you. He haunts your generation. Even to the third and fourth generation, they will find you. And so, even among executioners, a man that is willing to die, and if he, he doesn't break, he's not a good person to kill. They will beat him first, so that he will say, Ah, save me! Aha, that's when you will kill him. Because he has yielded. Jesus did not yield. Ah, la, 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 la. 
He proclaimed the kingdom on the cross. He spoke unto the thief by the right side. Today, you will be with me. In it didn't break. Just in case you, you, you went for station of the cross. And I say, the third time when he fell. Uh, <laughs> Satan could not handle it anymore. Turn with me to John chapter 12. The seed of the woman. In John chapter 12, begin to read from verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came their voice from heaven, said, I both glorified it. And will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken. Because the utterance that came from heaven was literal. Let me tell you what happened. You know when Jesus came to Lazarus' tomb. He requested a great favor from the Father in heaven. You see, when he walked this world, his only qualities were suspended. Because he had to qualify to be man. So he had to suspend his only qualities in order for him to truly be man. And there were some strategic points where he prayed that God should clothe him with the glory that he had in the beginning. One of those points was the Mount of Transfiguration. I want my countenance. I want my tabernacle. I know it's in the heavens. Clothe me with my tabernacle. Just like your tabernacle is in the heavens. When you resurrect from the dead, you'll be clothed with it. You'll be downloaded. And your countenance will be radiant. And when you see him, you will be like him. He prayed that his countenance and his tabernacle should be downloaded from the heavens on the Mount of Transfiguration. And when he stood in the midst of Elijah and, uh, and, and Moses, Okay, let me stop there. Peter uttered a voice where he was not supposed to talk. That was not a day for talking, it was a day for seeing. He now said, let's blue three boots. One for you, one for Elijah, and one for Moses. Equating the, law, the dispensation of the law and the prophets with the dispensation of the kingdom. It was the Father in heaven that stopped him. That the law and the prophets have come to submit their authority to the kingdom. That was what was happening on the Mount of Transfiguration. And if you read critically in your Bible and read the parenthesis, the, one of the things that Elijah and Moses did when they came was that they spoke to him about his death. That the wisdom that was playing out in his manifestation was going to be captured in the time of what? Of his death. Another time when Jesus requested for great glory to be made manifest. He was not willing to conceal his identity at, at such points. Was at the tomb of Lazarus. 
he came and demanded for his true designation as the resurrection and as the life. And power came from heaven. <laughs> and a man that died and his body has decomposed was brought forth from the grave. That was what the father meant when he said, you know in the time of Lazarus I glorified your name and I will glorify it what? Again. That's what he meant by that. When you requested that Lazarus should be raised, I glorified your name. And I will do it again. That utterance that God gave, it was literal. And when people heard it on earth, some thought it was thunder. Others thought an angel had spoken. You know, the day we teach the progression, the levels of the prophetic, you will see that it's one voice, one utterance, but the perception is different. One thought it was what? Thunder. Another one thought it was what? An angel that spoke. But Jesus said, this voice that came did not come because of me. It came because of your sake. Then he began to bring the mystery behind the utterance. In verse 31, he says, now is the judgment of this world. Now, the prince of this world is cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all nations to me. That was the secret that was hid before the foundations of the earth. That Jesus must have to be lifted up. But the equation is this. Jesus was not supposed to lift himself up. Because he said, if I if it's a conditional statement, it is not my responsibility to lift myself up, but if by any means I am lifted up. I don't know how I'll be lifted up, but just in case I am, uh, the resultant effect is not emotional. Uh, my command power will sit in the hearts of men, and I will draw them by my spirit, and they will be drawn unto me and my purpose. Now, that mighty utterance that Jesus gave, was standing on a conditional statement. Take note. That means the devil would have left Jesus to become old. But if by any means you lift him up, what? He will draw. And since the devil was not there when that wisdom was concocted in the belly of God, that Jesus was the lamb that was slain even before the foundations of the world. The devil did not know that wisdom. And so he felt that if we kill Jesus, at least our problem will end. When he goes on the street, he will see people who are possessed. He will cast them out. And people will glorify God. Ah! So men are becoming acquainted with the fact that there is a power that is superior to my own power. That's not something I'm about to risk. That risk is too much. A time will come where our relevance will face out. People that are sick will gather themselves unto him. And he will display his power by making us feel inferior. And so the devil felt it was a project to bring Jesus down. Meanwhile, the mystery at work was that it was in the death that the life will come. That's the story of redemption. It's a story that is a reverse equation. Whereas men live and die, but redemption came out of the bowels of death. And nobody knew that out of death, life could find expression. Because it was shrouded in mystery. The seed of the woman. 
Did you get it? Okay. So according to the utterance of Jesus, the power of his endeavors will be revealed when he is lifted up. And he's not qualified to lift himself up. But if Jesus actually becomes lifted up because he is the second Adam, it means that the passageway for the entrance of a new generation who do not owe their allegiance and lineage to Adam will begin to find expression. A new people, after the order of the second Adam, a new race, a new civilization will come into the world that the devil cannot have dominion over because they are operating by the power of a life that is endless, a life that is superior to death, a life that cannot be quenched. That is the implication. Okay, let's see the reaction. It happened to be that it was the devil himself that lifted Jesus up. That means he was totally ignorant of the fact that the mystery will find expression when Jesus is what? Because the Bible says if the princes of this world, if they had known, they won't have crucified the Lord of glory. Are you with me? So the devil failed. He missed it. And he doesn't want anybody to see the cross. Because the cross was a place where all the payment for redemption was accomplished. That was where he was defeated. If the devil wants to be relevant, he must clean the picture of Jesus' crucifixion from your heart. Oh, you are not with me. Hey, Lord help us. And that is why it is in the devil's interest that Jesus did not come in the flesh. That's one of the reasons. Because if he can tell that lie that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, he has erased the picture of the cross from your heart, and the legal premise upon which his defeat was consummated, he's deleted. So you will still be operating as a defeated man today. Did you get that? You didn't get it. Okay. Now let me open some scriptures to you. So it was the devil that sponsored the crucifixion of Jesus, thereby fulfilling the secretary, which says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So it was not the Roman soldiers that crucified Jesus. They were doing it not by themselves, but under the influence of the devil, who felt that Jesus was so much of a nuisance and he had to be put out of the way. But by executing their wickedness in that way, they installed him as a principality in this realm, that would displace the devil. For he said, now is the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world is cast out. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all nations to me. You get that now? Now, see it. This is what the devil wants to do. His assignment is in the book of Galatians chapter 3. Turn with me. First assignment. In Galatians chapter 3, I want to read from verse 1. First assignment. Oh foolish Galatians. Now we are coming back to the revelation that those women had now. Are you with me? Those prophecies that they gave. Or people that went to hell and came back. So we are coming back to it. We have established a body of truth. Now let us apply it to those visions. Because we have been told to test what? Our spirit. It was not us that came up with the view of testing all spirits was a counsel that was given by the apostle himself. Hallelujah. Um, 
Let's go. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Please underline bewitched. That you should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus had been evidently set forth and crucified among you. That means the people of Galatia, the people of the church in Galatia, were eyewitnesses to the crucifixion of Jesus. Oh my God. Are you still with me? You are not with me. Hey! Hallelujah. The people of what? Of Galatia were eyewitnesses to the crucifixion of Jesus. Which was supposed to be the legal premise upon which our salvation was secured. And our liberty from the bondage to the devil was secured on that cross. You get that? Oh, you are not with me. Is it so difficult to understand? Those Galatians were there. They saw Jesus crucified. And Paul and the other apostles came to them and taught them the significance of that crucifixion. That that crucifixion was actually a substitute. Because Jesus had done no, committed no sin. The law could not hold Jesus guilty. He was free of sin. He was free from the law. He was free from the flesh. He was free from Satan. Satan did not successfully accuse Jesus. Sin did not have a place in him. The world was not part of him. Because Satan came to check and he didn't see the world in him. Are you, are you here? So that man on the cross was us on the cross. That man was not guilty of anything we are guilty of. But he paid the price of our guilt. So if we acknowledge him by faith, what he has attained in the spirit realm is imputed unto us. You get that? Are you with me? Now, so the devil doesn't want you to see that cross and understand its implication. Its implication means... I have paid. Tell your neighbor, I have paid. In the court of law, where is the lawyer? And you tender a receipt that this commodity was purchased and this is the receipt. The case has ended. There's evidence of payment. So if there's somebody else trying to claim that that product is his without a receipt and you have a receipt, I think the judge will not need to adjourn. Is that true? A receipt it will be ruled in your favor. And so the devil doesn't want us to function by the implication of that sacrifice. The Galatians, Paul says that they were victims of witchcraft. This was their situation. He said, This only will I learn of you. Have you received the spirit by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? This is what happens to a Christian. A Christian that Satan has successfully blinded your eyes to see the cross. That where all your debts were paid, what you start doing is that you start trying to please God in the flesh. Those women came with their visions and they said that... Uh, the one I read, I read one. It was on the internet. The woman said that God is sending everybody to hell that is not dressing deeper life dressing. Deeper life. Now let's, no, don't laugh now. Hallelujah. Okay, laugh. And then, after, okay, now don't laugh again. 
We are trying to test that statement. Oh, you are not with me. See, Jesus. We are testing it to know what spirit said it. John said, false prophets have gone into the world. And here with shall you know the spirit of God and the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of God reveals that Jesus came in the flesh. The spirit of the Antichrist will not accept that. And the implication of the Galatian church, the implication of their not holding on to the import of the crucifixion was that they were trying to satisfy God with their own carnal works. They did not understand that their birth was supernatural. They acknowledged Jesus as their salvation. And they were co-opted into the commonwealth of God. It was not a function of works. So no man can boast. It is altogether the work of Christ and we are squandering from his account. But a man that has not seen the cross and does not understand that the price has been paid suddenly comes under pressure for him by his own flesh to please God. So he said, no, this is the way now. They say we need a code of dressing to make it to heaven. And it's a dilemma to find yourself in heaven. So he now changes his apparel. It's not that his spirit became stronger. No, he became more carnal actually. He started in the spirit. He understood that Jesus had paid. He came into the covenant of redemption by an act of faith. But suddenly he has assumed the responsibility that from this point henceforth, in keeping with pleasing God, I have to subject myself to some rules and regulations. Paul now said, you guys started in the spirit. Do you think that it's the works of the law that will perfect you? Paul said that their condition was as a result of bewitchment and witchcraft. Listen to me. I, I know you don't like me anymore. I, hallelujah. Amen. I say hallelujah. Amen. Now let me tell you, I was more religious than every one of you here. With suspended trousers, we did all of that. We didn't find God. We were wicked people full of malice and bitterness, but we had the outward appearance that they wanted us to have. Then when I was tired of fooling myself, I knew I could not fool God, so I now say, Lord, if you are still available, let me find you and know you. I, I resigned from the school myself, in search of God. And you know what? I found God. And the Lord Jesus gave me privileges once and again to see him and to ask him questions. Then I found out that the religion we're doing was occultic, was demonic, was not from him. When you mature and you can ask Jesus questions, that's when you will know how wicked those things are. Should I tell you about Christianity? You became a Christian because you accepted Jesus and the Holy Spirit tabernacled your spirit. Why did he put the Holy Spirit inside of you? That's the resource by which we accomplish everything that God has ordained you to accomplish. Every move, deviation from the emphasis of the spirit, every move is a deviation from the path of spiritual progress. Every time you saw people praying and you joined them and you became consistent, you started growing in God. Every time you departed and said, okay, 
Uh-huh. You became carnal. We made a mistake and found God in, in the place of prayer and we decided that we will not stop making that mistake. That's why we are here. And we read the Bible, we found out that the secrets of the apostles, prayer for them was a lifestyle. The Bible said that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In the baking of bread, in prayers, in fellowship. That was their life. They kept incubating what they had re- received until impartations became deposits. And deposits became wisdom. And wisdom became strategies. And strategies became power. And power became revival. Anything that takes you from that deposit has beguiled you. And Paul said, it's only witchcraft that can take a man from the enjoyment of God into the deadness of religion. Trying to please God with your carnality. Is it that your... If you ever see any believer in that state, Satan has blinded the cross from him. So he doesn't know that God has paid. That's the first point. Did you get that? Oh, you're already tired. We have not finished this matter. This one over three. There were three prophecies that God gave about his plan to redeem. And three of them were articulated, revealed that a man was going to come. The first one called him the seed of the woman. A product of the Holy Ghost and the woman. To produce a seed that is not traceable to Adam. But a seed whose life is of God. Hallelujah. In the beginning the Bible says. What's the world? And the world was with God and the world was God. Same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. And this life was light unto men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it. That word became flesh. He carried the life of God but in the container of man. He looked like man but he manifested the virtues and the attributes of God. Satan tried to contend with him but what he had operating on his inside was stronger than any onslaught that the devil could put on display. Even when Satan brought death upon him, what he was carrying was life that was superior to death. And as such, he could not be held in the grave. As long as he functioned as the son of life, nothing of darkness was strong enough to subdue him. And that is supposed to be the testimony of every believer in Christ Jesus. And just in case you got locked in religion, Paul said you were bewitched because of the path of spiritual progress had been enlightened by the Holy Spirit's power and fire. And everybody that submits his heart, the altar will come ablaze with the flames of heaven. And even when you want to pray or you don't want to pray, there's something burning. It's, it's a reaction. It's, it's quickening you. The volcano on the inside is erupting. Oh, Jesus. If you leave that part to embrace that which is futility, Paul said you were bewitched. Many believers... In the body of Christ today have been bewitched by lying prophecies and dreams that came from the belly of deceiving spirits. But the body of Christ is maturing. And that kind of onslaught is not sufficient to make this giant fall. No. We cast out those prophecies. We accept our brethren that they were beguiled of the, of the devil. But we cast out the prophecies and we curse it in the name of Jesus Christ. We accept our brethren. But there was a commodity that came with which did not come from heaven. 
we have identified it. We tested it in the lab that John brought and we found it wanting. Can we pro pro proceed on our mission? Second prophecy. Then I will round up. Even though there are three, let's take two so that we can ask for that fire. Fire to come down. You know, the kingdom of God is not a word. Let's not get too busy talking when it is a kingdom we are trying to expound. Because the kingdom has a way of advertising itself. And that advertisement is better than any utterance that any man can have. That advertisement is by that power that was working. It's not in word. It's what? It's in power. When you are preaching to a native doctor, don't bring liturgy. No, the guy knows power. The only thing that can convince him is something superior to what he knows. He knows the corridor of the spirit. He understands the wisdom that comes from that realm. How superior it is to the wisdom of man. So I think you need something else. Another tool. Power. Somebody say power. power. Second prophecy. Genesis chapter 17. If you are still with me, say amen. amen. In Genesis chapter 17, then we'll begin to pray. How oh, I wish I can do this one to the end. Test those spirits. Hallelujah. You know, those days in Abuja, we were praying, and the lady began to shake. Shake, shake, and fell down and started prophesying lies. I said, I, I, those days I was still a prophet from the wilderness. I was, I'm not as refined as I am now. I was like Elijah with a ghetto from the backside of the wilderness. I was not patient with any man that was a liar. If it was the Holy Ghost talking, she would have still be prophesying. But the slap could have. I say, It's not God. She said, <laughs> we have see we can't be deceived by, by prophecies again the bible says let him that has a dream say his dream and let him that has my word proclaim my word he said what is the chaff what with respect to the wheat say your dream your fantasy but we don't need your dream to confirm anything because we have the word of God with us and that was what Paul, Peter called the sure word of prophecy. The words that are written. I don't need to see a vision to know that I'm heaven bound. Meanwhile, the goal of God for the believer is not heaven. Uh, I know I shocked you, but I said that so that the next word the Bible says you will come. Mm, that one is for that time. I will show you the Bible and I will show you the graph of movements. You will see that going to heaven does not fulfill God's economy. It's a long-age Pentecostal deception. It's from the 18th century that they began to preach that. Okay, okay. Now, if all of us here, if God's purpose is carry us go heaven, when you're born again, in for carry you go. The veil has been torn. Do you have you checked your Bible? What is going to fulfill God's eternal purpose? What does God want to achieve from the beginning? Okay, no, you don't know. All right. It's in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. I will show you God's eternal purpose. 
and I will now show you that going to heaven does not fulfill it. There's something stronger, more radical than going to heaven. God's plan is not a rescue strategy to come back us before trouble come. No, that's not God's plan. If you, if you believe that, if you didn't learn it from the Bible. It, it, it's a tr- it's problem to me when the biggest preachers in our nation have consummated the Christian race to be something the goal is heaven. As I'm standing now, I know that I, I've been to heaven. You believe that you will die before you go to heaven. I've been there many times. Because there's no bronze ceiling between earth and heaven. And heaven and earth were created for interaction. That's why before Stephen died, while they were stoning him, the Bible said he lifted up his eyes and he saw into heaven. He saw Jesus standing. On the Isle of Patmos, John was still alive. He was called to come into heaven. Come up here. And he saw a door. He entered into heaven. Did he need to die to go to heaven? Who, who told you? I know. That's why we need to study the Bible. I will show you error. And you, you yourself will not believe it until I show you. Because there are so many chaff that we have carried along the way that is not the voice of God. And it happens to be that very big preachers have pushed these things into the body of Christ. So people accepted it without checking. But John said we should test all spirits. Including my own. Test it. To know whether it's by the Holy Ghost that I'm speaking. Test it and use your Bible to test it. But I can show you the last page of the book. It doesn't reveal heaven. It reveals an organic reality. It reveals a time and a regime where the authority of God will be expressed in the fullest measure. It reveals an organic city. A reality where God and man will be fused together. And and there will be no possibility of a separation. There's nothing that can happen again that can create the Adamic scenario. We accepted the cheap gospel. But the generation has come that must know the full counsel of God. Must know the full purpose that God wants to establish upon the face of the earth. So that there can be everything that God has ordained them to be. Doesn't matter how long we have been carrying falsehood. That time for light to shine has come. And so the Bible says, Awake, O thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. In the book of Genesis chapter 17, as I round up, these are the words of God. I know you are offended because I touched something. I touched something, so you are offended. Say, ah, this small boy. Does he mean he knows this Bible more than? No. Don't see it that way. It is the flesh that is teaching you there. Be happy. That your eyes have behold, beheld the day where truth will come to you. Dust your feet and get ready to walk with him on ways that have been garnished with oil and butter. Our struggle in the wilderness has been long gone. And now the great one sheds light upon our feet and he sheds illumination upon our path. So that every one of us will walk without stumbling. For the Bible says that he that walketh in the light of day is stumbling not. Many of us do not understand the hope that is set before us. Your Christian race has no motivation because you cannot see ahead. You cannot see the eternal purpose. 
You cannot see the hope of your calling. You cannot see what God wants to make out of your life. And that's why you believe your own case is different. No, we are pilgrims. Our eyes are set on our journey. We know where we are going to end. The Bible said there was a joy that was set before Jesus. And that was the motivation that took him to the cross. I have seen the Lord's glory. And I cannot terminate my journey in something that the world can give. I have seen the glory of heaven. And if you have seen it, you will not die for things that earth can give you. I have seen it. I have seen it. Something radical, much more radical than a rescue strategy is what God has in mind. In the book of Genesis 17, the Bible says, verse 7 and 8, please turn with me. This is God speaking. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. Please take note of verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. God in his prophetic prophetic disclosure spoke about not just Abraham but about a seed after him. And the covenant that he was establishing was a covenant that he was going to establish with Abraham and with his seed. And it's in the book of Galatians chapter 3. We now see the seed that he spoke about. If you are still with me say Amen. amen. Galatians 3. Please run with me quickly. I want us to pray for 15 minutes and we have 5 more minutes. In Galatians chapter 3. If you are still here, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3 verse 7. Know ye therefore. Oh. Kai. Wait, 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 wait. I don't want to do this. This reading will be too long now. Oh, Jesus, help me. Okay, let's check verse 14, then I go back to verse, verse 7. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us, as it is written, cost is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You see, the blessings of Abraham will come through who? Jesus Christ. And the promise was made to Abraham and his seed. And the book of Galatians chapter 3 reveals to us that the seed that God spoke about was Christ. You get that? Now, go to verse 7. Verse 7 says, Know ye not that there which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham? Now, come, 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 come. You see, it happens to be, Hallelujah. Abraham was a man that was called the father of faith. Because he was the first one that opened the shaft of the understanding by faith. There are two levels of understandings that you can have as a man. You can understand in the natural. You can understand from your mind. You can understand by proof. You can understand by in investigation and inference. That's a way to understand. But you can also understand by faith. Are you with me? 
And you see the realities that are captured in the covenant that God gave to Abraham, which was ratified in Christ Jesus. Those realities can only be understood by faith. They are not logical. They are spiritual realities. And that's why you did not come get born again because you investigated something in the laboratory. You got born again because you exercised your faith. Is that true? Sister, is that true? You exercised your faith. You believed in Jesus. That Jesus could deliver you from sin and give you a new life. That's how you got born again. You confessed him as Lord. You believed that God raised him from the dead. That was all faith. It was a reaction that took place in your heart. And then an expression of that reaction from your mouth. And then something was born on your inside. You began to feed that thing that was born. Began to feed it. Because if you don't feed it, it will start diminishing. You fed it. You fed it by the word of God. You fed it through prayer. You fed it through fellowship. And that reality began to grow within you. Began to influence you. And the spirit that came into you began to suggest the culture of heaven to you. That this your lifestyle is not consistent with his expectation. That this your involvement is out of tune with his expectation. And you began to adjust. All that was a life of faith. Finally, let me read the scripture. Hebrews 11. Hey, are you here? Listen. The devil will want us to be blind to the seed of the woman when he blinds us to the payments that were made upon the cross. Remember that. And when that happens, what will happen is that we'll start trying to please God from our own carnal actions. Dead works. Who told you that by wearing an old, dirty garment, you, can, you please God? Because you are looking pious, sanctimonious, and sacramental, God is pleased. Anything that made you feel like that is not the Bible. Maybe you read Buddhist book or the Quran. And that's how the truth of God is being sold out. And we have a God of power and we trade him for a mundane religion of death and darkness. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that by faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God and the things that we do see were not made by things that do appear. Alright? It means that there is an understanding that can only come by what? By faith. You say you want to understand God in the laboratory? Let's put two molecules of oxygen together and, and, and blend it with a molecule of, of hydrogen and then let's see God. You are going to have to wait in the laboratory for a long time. Because if you are going to know God, it's going to be by faith. There's an understanding that will come to you. How? By faith. Now, as we move into the miracle service, we will switch into another gear. Then you will see how that we can pick things happening in heaven right from here. We can know what heaven wants to do by faith because we have grown in the understanding of that comes by faith. We can function in that reality and bring the hand of God down right here. He was called the seed of Abraham because Abraham was the father of faith. Together, and it is through faith that you can tap into his bounty. So if the devil blocks the revelation of the seed of Abraham, you know what he wants to do? He wants us not to understand God by faith again. Let's drop faith aside. And then let's try to understand God with our mind. It has to be logical. Have you not seen Christians that fell into that pit? They became logical. 
And it is not making sense anymore. A lady that I used to know on campus, I met her many years ago in one church in this town. And she was in the choir. So I called because she was not a serious Christian on campus. So I now went to her and said, Hey, what are you doing here? You know what she told me? Is God real? Oh. You don't know if God is real and you are in the choir. Only God knows how many people have entered our choirs. Only God knows. The devil, the reason why he wants to put the pressure upon you is so that you can come to a point where your faith will fail. And then you don't have any reason to believe God again. And then you, you now take your posture in limbo. That what's gonna be, is gonna be. What goes up must come down. What's gonna be, is gonna be. There is nothing you can do about it. Hallelujah. You are, you are in darkness at that point. Because the understanding of the realm of God is by what? Faith. There's an understanding that comes only by faith. And that's what the covenant that God made with Abraham was all about. It was a covenant that will be activated. It will be, it will be activated by faith. It will, be, it will be lived by faith. Its potential and realities will only be accessed by faith. So the devil wants to create a generation of Christians that do not understand God by faith anymore. They want to understand him by religion and by human understanding. He has developed carnal people out of us and we cannot, we are too short to reach the height that the glory of God is. You get that? Oh, you are not with me. Because if it is true that people know that Jesus came in the flesh and he came as a son of Abraham, is to activate a covenant that we can access by faith. But the devil wants to close that chapter so that we don't know that Jesus came. And if he did not come, it means that the covenant of Abraham was not ratified. And the covenant of Abraham was not ratified. It means that, uh, well, what's, what is, why are you believing in the first place? So we have now developed believers that want to know God outside of faith. We have now developed believers that want to please God with dead works. Those are the things that those kind of visions do. They bring degradation to the Christian faith. Where a man does not trust the redemption that Christ has purchased. And is trying to help God. By trying to be sanctimonious and pious. Meanwhile, the only thing that can please God is His grace. If His grace is figured in your life, it means that you have been a recipient of the favor that is offering. And you have appropriated it by faith. And you have been garnished upon the highway of spiritual progress. It's not by power. It's not by might so that no flesh can boast. Please let me preach to your neighbor. Christianity is not religion. And religion is not Christianity. You can refuse to put lipstick on your face. But if your spirit is not striking cops in heaven, you are a carnal man looking for where to happen. Please finish preaching the message. You didn't, you don't. You can tie your hair until the shape of mountain Kilimanjaro is, is fructified upon your hair. But if you don't know how to discern demons, your house made from the village will destroy your family. We are majored in, in darkness. Instead of us to hold on to light, I curse religion with passion. A generation that knows the true God will have to rise. That knows Him by faith. That knows His name. That knows who they have believed. And they know that, who, that whom they have believed is able to save them. Is able to deliver them. Is able to keep them from falling. If you don't have faith, you are doomed. 
Because Paul said that he knows that God will keep him from falling. Do you know that? How do you know? It's by faith. There's an intercourse that he had with God. And God furnished that assurance upon his faith. That his journey through life is not a journey of futility. He knows the God he has served. It's only people that don't know God that fall to those evil, demonic darts of visions and all kinds of stuff. One say, I have lived four lives. The first time I was born, I was born in Egypt. I say, oh, I have to, <laughs> I have to pray. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, a spiritual woman brought me. I said, Pastor, you must hear this, Pastor, Pastor. Then I said, okay, all right, I'm going to hear. I was born four times, and I was born in Egypt. You see, I'm not the type of people that deceive. Sorry, because the Bible says, appointed unto man wants to die, and after that, what? The judgment. Reincarnation is demonic. Reincarnation came from the law of karma, from books of, 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 of those, those oriental books and all of that. They died. Only one man died and rose and, and he can't die again. If you want to live forever, I think you need to know that man. Any other man you follow, some of them say they didn't even know the way and people are still following them. Some say, well... There is a mist in the future. My visions can't capture it and they died with uncertainty. People are still following them. But Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. No one cometh unto the Father. I don't need to advertise. Just in case you find yourself in the Father's presence, you came through me. That's what he said. Before you understand these ways, you must relate with him by faith. And except we see him at the seed of Abraham, you will think that you don't need to have faith again. I still have one, the seed of David. But we can't look at that because no time. Tomorrow we'll continue. The devil will want to hide the fact that Jesus came in the flesh. These are the strong things that happen in the spirit on the account of his coming. He fulfilled the seed of the woman. He fulfilled the seed of Abraham. Tomorrow we'll see the seed of David. That one is, is stronger than the two we have mentioned. If you know him as the seed of David. Hallelujah. In our generation, God will not be a myth. He will not be a story that is told in the night. His power will renovate our land. And it will happen to people that don't even believe. Tonight, you don't need to believe. Tell your neighbor, you don't need to believe. Tonight, you will see the power of God. Now, in the next, we, are, we have five more minutes to see the power of God. So rise up on your feet. Let's pray together. Five more minutes. Please, if you did not come yesterday, get the tape. It's an inoculation to cure you from the disease of false doctrine and visions being paraded in the body of Christ. In the north, in the east, in the west, south, south, these visions are, I don't know, some people are duplicating it and sending it through the internet and all of that. It's a wave of darkness. I know whom I believed. Do you know who you have believed? I know that he's able to keep me until that day. I know that my journey is not in futility. I know that there's a purpose hanging over my life. I know that he has spoken a word over me that must come to pass. I know. I know. Now I want you to tell him what you know. What do you know? I know 
that a thousand may fall by my side and ten thousand by my right hand, but nothing will come near me. I know that with my eyes I will see the reward of the wicked. I know whom I have believed. I know whom I believe. Let your heart not faint. The Lord will come and save us. Blessings, glory, and power be unto the Lamb forevermore. Blessings, glory, and power. Unto the Lamb forevermore. Hallelujah.
Listen to me. The Lord is not far from you. He's with you. If you can give him half a chance, he will clothe you with might. You are one step of it away from him. Can you use your mouth to invite him and say, Holy Ghost, I need empowerment. I need help. I tried by myself and I've not gone too far. Right now, I need your tangible help. Can you speak to him? Your tangible help. Make a request on him right now. A request. A request. Right now. Make a request right now. Exalted heart above the worship of the people make a request right now right now in the next two minutes stand or kneel or sit down I'd like you to ask him breathe on me breathe on me if there is sickness upon your body make it known to him right now if there is somebody that is not present here that you are trusting God for a miracle for you can mention that name he's not far away he's right here <laughs> we just have three more minutes to finish this. And for my eyes have seen the King. He's the Lamb upon the tree.
time for my eyes have seen the King. So heaven. Oh my God, he's gonna fill you up. He's gonna fill you up right now. 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 Many things will become new in your life right now. He will open the closed door right now. He will proclaim liberty right now. Oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Rejoice in His name. 
understand. Imagine name. Okay, I want to pray right now. See the great ones there as you stand here today. There's one of us here sitting here. The angel of the Lord will touch your teeth and he will sow into your tongue an utterance. I'm seeing a lady here. The Lord will clothe you with a garment. And you will mount up with wings like eagles. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, yes, he's coming. He's coming stronger. He's coming stronger right now, right now, right now. He's coming right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. He's coming. Father, let every vessel that is present before you be free. That lady, that lady, Lord. That you have said that you are going to clothe with your garment. In the name of Jesus Christ from my left hand side to my right hand side. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Oh my God. Oh my God. This thing is too strong today. It's so strong. It's so strong today. Father. Father. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, it has gone. 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 Yes. 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 Father. You will begin to clothe your people. You will begin to take your people to higher grounds. You will grant unto them utterance that will open the gates. Those ones that have been held down by the devil. Today I proclaim their liberty in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen. You see, an angel is holding my hand now. Can you? See, when he holds my hand, he's touching somebody. He's holding it. And the people that he's touching, he will begin to touch them. Touch them. Touch them. Touch them. Touch them stronger. Touch them stronger. Touch them stronger. Let the yoke be broken. Let the yoke be broken. Let the yoke be broken. Aha. Aha.
There is somebody I'm looking for. See. Yes, that yoke, that yoke, that yoke. Break! Break! Uh-huh. Break! I take you from the witchcraft world. I redeem you from the witchcraft world. But the power that is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. 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 I remove your spirit. I remove your spirit. I remove your spirit from that place. I remove your spirit right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that was taken from you. Everything that was taken from you. Right now I command it to be restored. To be restored. To be restored. To be restored. In the name of Jesus. is permitted to leave this place in bondage. I command everyone to oh ah this one now you cousin you went yourself to a practitioner of darkness and collected something from him it's your, it's your fault repent repent right now repent before we pray repent you went yourself now you cause this one Aha. Hey. Have you repented? You went yourself and collected some tools. I want to pray for you now. The power of God will begin to cleanse you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that one that went and collected some things, let your fire cleanse that one. Hey. Let your fire cleanse that one. 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 Let your fire cleanse. Let your fire cleanse. Let your fire cleanse. Let your fire cleanse. In the name of Jesus Christ. And just in case they took your clothes, took a piece of your hair. We are going to command fire to consume right now. That lady that I prayed for, you will not experience limitation again. That one I prayed for here. Everything that was done to entangle your life, the portion of your hair that was taken to bind you, you are free today in the name of Jesus Christ. They took a portion of that lady's hair. Just in case any wicked person has been monitoring you, taking your things, your shoe, your bag, your clothes, 
to strange places to manipulate your destiny today is the end of that attempt today is the end in the name of Jesus Christ today is the end in the name of oh my God There's a young man in our midst. That young man is more dead than alive. This young man, there are times you lose your mind. You lose your mind. Sometimes you are recovered in your thoughts and then you become conscious. That, that means for some time you have wondered. Hallelujah. I'm seeing you tired now. You are tired. You think you are okay. No. You are tired. We have to lose you. But I need to lay hands upon you. You, you, you forget yourself sometimes. Just forget yourself. Then sometimes you now come back to yourself. And you are a young man. If you are in this hall, come out. You forget yourself. And you come back to yourself. If you are in this hall, you are a young man. Come out. This is the second time. I will say it one more time. You forget yourself. And then you come back to yourself. And you are a young man. If you are in this hall, come out. I'm going to lose you. I'm seeing you now. Can we pray for these young people here? That they be loose. 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 Pray for them. That they be loose. Pray for them that they be loose. 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 That they be loose from entanglements. From powers, from influences. That they be loose. 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 That they be loose in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. That they be loose. Pray for those young men. Yes! Rosa Tabala Hesoba, Ike Seto Dere, Dere Malapras, Ketobi Rakapa Tababa Borokopa, Berena Sek, Berena Marakai, Berena Masura, Mayra Natai, 